that song we just sang was the uh, interesting, uh, brings an interesting memory to me. It was the first song that I ever led, not that particular recording, but it was the, that song was the first one, number 408 in our songbook. Um, be, because I was, it might, it may have very well been the, the sermon that I did when, um, when I tried out and, I think it was a sermon about that, you know, Christ, he, he wants to put his image on us. He wants us to bear his image. And uh, I picked out that song and asked Gary Gorman if he'd leave that song for an invitation. Um, and he said, no, no, he didn't say no. He said he didn't know it. So he didn't know that song. I actually led the, my own invitation. And that, that might have been when I, you know, it might've been my first series when I got here, or it might've been when I tried out, I don't remember, but it was the first song I led at Garrett street. So, Oh, to be like the, it's a beautiful and, and a unique song. I think on with today's lesson though. Um, it's nice to be able to see everybody's faces in front of me on the screen. Uh, well, most of you. Uh, so I've got a sense of who I'm preaching to and, and speaking to and who God um, longs for us all to hear this message today. Uh, we've been studying in First Timothy and uh, kind of going through it, and there was a message that was relevant to the time of year that, that so many people celebrate as Christmas and remember the, the birth of Christ. Um, so I thought it would be an interesting lesson for us. And the lesson is entitled, The Testimony at the Proper Time. And it, it comes from 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6. And we'll get to that verse in a moment. But the focus then is this idea of um, the proper time. It's interesting just to think where the world recognizes Jesus coming. And um, it, one of the funny things about uh, Christmas time is that some people celebrate this season of Advent, and it's like they're they're longing for Christ. They put themselves back there when, when Jesus was born and he's, it's like he's yet to be born and they anticipate Christ coming even yet today. Well, he has come and he came at the proper time. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of remembering his birth and, um, and anticipate having an anticipation towards that day when you're going to remember it. But he did come. He came at the right time, at just the right time. He came at the proper time. And there are several places in Scripture where this is referred to. And so we're going to start in Galatians chapter 4 in verse number 4. Galatians 4, verse 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when the fullness of time came... God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, this, the language here is just a little bit different. It doesn't say born at the proper time, but it says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son. The fullness of time. There, you know, when God works, He doesn't 
He doesn't do things at the wrong time or in the wrong way. God does everything just right. And as we think about our the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, everything that was written there in the scriptures for us, from uh, from creation and Adam and Eve all the way up to the book of Malachi, um, it's that all of that time that's represented there, those there's some thousands of years that they were all building up to the time that Jesus would come. It was an appointed time. It was the right time. Jesus was the appointed one, and God sent him at the the fullness, when the time was complete, when it was perfect for him to come. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Jesus became flesh and dwelled among us. And he did that at the right time. Everything was, you know, and there are a lot of people have different thoughts about, well, why was it the right time? You know, maybe it was because the the Roman government had roads built so then the gospel can go forth. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons that, that might, that we might think of and consider for why it was the right time, why God chose that particular time. But, the fact is that it was just the right time. It was full. God had prepared everything for that moment. And at the right time, at the proper time, God sent his son. He gave him as that gift to us. For unto, unto us uh, a child is given. It's a beautiful thought from that, that passage in Isaiah. God gave him to us. Jesus didn't cling to heaven. He didn't cling to God and hold. He didn't consider it not robbery um, to hold on to God, but he left the glories of heaven and came down here to be with us. And this all happened at the right time, at the proper time. So Jesus came at the proper time. And uh, that's in Galatians chapter four, verse four. And uh Then let's go to Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, we're going to look at verses, verse number 15. I'll read verse 14 with it. And there it says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent and believe in the gospel. So here is again this time being full, the time being fulfilled. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Here is all of the promises from the Old Testament about a Messiah who would come, an anointed one. He was going to be the great and mighty king, the great leader who was going to bring in the kingdom of God. And that time had come. The fulfillment had come. So Christ was born as a king. He was born at that proper time. And then when he came, reached that age of about 30, he began proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He did that at the proper time. And so funny, what do we think of when we think of what happened with Jesus? What was going on in his life before that time came, before he was 30 years old? Well, we know, we know some about his, um, his birth, and we know about when he was 12 years old, 
and that was it. And so, but God, then all the gospels just kind of point to this. The fact was when it came time for him uh, to, to do his ministry, to be, to go through his baptism by John, and then he begins his ministry, it was the proper time. Again, God just does things right. It was the perfect timing. It was a fulfillment and a fullness that had been reached. And then it was, and that was time to go. It was time to do what he needed to do. And Jesus began to proclaim the gospel, proclaim the, the kingdom of God is at hand, calling people to repent and to believe. And now we get to the scripture that got us to uh, this sermon and makes this point um, about the proper time is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and um, the language that we're referring to here is uh, in verse number 6. But I want to go ahead and read uh, verses 3 uh, through 6. First Timothy 2, 3 through 6. Uh, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So here again, we see this, the proper time. And in this particular passage, um, well, I'll just note, it, it talks about Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all. And it says the testimony given at the proper time. So his, his giving his life as a ransom for all, well, it was at the proper time. And it also provided a testimony at the proper time. So Jesus died at just the right time. And you might remember there was there were times people wanted to kill Jesus and sought to kill him. And maybe he escaped through the, the crowd or he was just kind of kind of disappeared, got away from him. It happened on a few occasions where he just kind of slipped away. It wasn't his time yet. And here is Timothy writing and telling us that when Jesus died, it was the proper time. So here was another fullness of time, a completeness of time that is reached and that Jesus went to the cross and he died for us. He died to be that savior for all men. And he wants everybody to know about that. So it's interesting as we think about, um, you know, the season that is the, the couple of seasons that are celebrated, it seems like by everybody who claims to be a Christian are, are uh, Christmas. They proclaim his, his birth. And then they also proclaim, uh, well, they celebrate Easter, which is at the proper time um, of the holiday. Uh, they proclaim that as a recognition of his death and resurrection. Uh, and so there is the proper timing here. But what that does is there is a proclamation made. There is a testimony that is made. Look at verse number six. He gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony the testimony given at the proper time. So my question is, well, that's an interesting language. How is how is going to the cross? How is that a testimony? That's an action, it seems like. It was an act that Jesus 
did. He allowed himself to be nailed to that cross by uh, those those evil, murderous people back then. And um, he allowed that to happen. But scripture refers to it as a testimony. He gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So how is the cross a testimony? What does it testify to? What is, what is the witness that is given by the cross? My answer to that comes from, I first go to Romans. Romans chapter 5, in verses 6 through 8. <clears throat> Romans 5, starting in verse number 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, much more than, I want to keep, continue reading here, verses 9. Uh, much more than, having been now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So there's this language about the proper time, verse number 6. At the right time, the proper time, Christ died for the ungodly. So it was the right time. Um, but then verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I believe that's the testimony that uh, that probably Paul was thinking about. It was a Jesus giving his, his life as a ransom for all. It was a testimony given. Him hanging there on the cross is, is God proclaiming to the world, testifying to the world, that he loves us. This is how much I love you. God demonstrates his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did that at the proper time, and it gave a testimony to everyone. So it's interesting to me as you think about, um, you know, the, the testimony of Christ. Well, we know that he was born at the right time, and he was born at the right time because that's leading up to the to the right time of when he's going to proclaim the gospel, and then at the proper time he is going to die and proclaim his love on that cross for us all. For each one of us, Christ went to that cross to proclaim his love, to testify of God's love for us. Um, and that is so very significant it's all even his birth is leading up to that point that he is going to die that he's going to proclaim the love of god this is his whole reason for coming is to proclaim the love of god on the cross so on this day that so many people recognize as christmas it's it's interesting to me as i think about and it, even as we were in communion it, it it reminds I'm reminded of the fact that, that we we kind of do things different. We're we're focused very much on the the memorial feast that 
was given to us by Christ at that last supper, we tend to downplay Christmas. And it makes sense because we are not proclaiming his his coming to this earth was significant, wasn't it? There's, there is love that is shown in that, that he was willing to give up the glories of heaven. Uh, that is that is love. But truly, his great love for us was demonstrated when he died on the cross. That is where the love is at. That is where when we look to the cross, it changes everything. It affects our lives forever. And as I think about people celebrating Christmas on this day and celebrating Christ, and um, and then they kind of, it's like they grab hold of him for a day or or a or a season, an Advent season, and then they kind of let go of him for the rest of the year. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. That's not how it's supposed to be. So let us remember that Jesus was born at the proper time, and he came proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom at the proper time, and then he died at the proper time. Here is the testimony that is given is at the cross that Jesus loves us dearly. He loves himself enough that while we were his enemies, while we were sinners, while we were rebelling against him, Jesus died for us. He didn't die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. That's the testimony that is given. One more uh, passage to turn to is 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John chapter 4, uh, we'll look at verses 7 through 10. 1 John 4, 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. So again, you hear this, this is the verse number nine. This is the love of God that was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world. This is how, how God is made, made known, that word manifested. Every time I hear that, it's just real simple. It's made known. God is, the love of God was made known in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So as we think about, um, you know, the proper time, Jesus coming at the proper time, Jesus proclaiming uh, the message at, at just the right time, at the fullness of time, and and then Jesus giving us life for us at the at the right time, the proper time. Let's remember, it's all about the love of God that is being made known to us. We can know God through Christ's death on that cross. And that knowledge should change us and be our inspiration and our motivation for the rest of our days. And we've got to do that. We've got to let that that love that is demonstrated, it has to change us 
and make us right and change us more into thinking about that song that we sang earlier, uh, changing us more into the image of Christ. Um, because if we, if we reject that, if we just hold on to, to Jesus for a day or a season or one day a week or whatever it might be, and we don't allow him to be infused into our lives so that we are really living for him and he is our life, as Paul said, um, then we're going to have to answer for what we have done or not done. Because at the proper time, Jesus will return in judgment. Back to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2 is where we read that um, he gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. That was Paul in 1 Timothy. He uses the language of proper time one more time. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses starting in 13. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So there is one more proper time that is going to happen, and that is Jesus Christ appearing. Jesus Christ appearing in judgment. Jesus will return in judgment at the proper time. So I don't know when that time is. That's one. The other ones we've all known, well, that was the proper time. We look back and we see that when he was born, when he preached, when he died, that was all done at the proper time. There's one more thing God's got to go, left to do at the proper time, and that is judgment. And so that leaves you and I just to consider, what do we do with Jesus? What are, what are we doing with our lives? Have we been changed by the testimony that was given at the cross that God loves us this much? Do we take that testimony that was given and God, you know, Jesus reaching out, you know, was asked, how, Jesus, how much do you love me? And Jesus reached out his hands. He said this much. He reached out his hands this wide and they nailed him to the cross. He died there. I like that, that image and that thought. He loved us that much. He loves us that much. And he wants to be with us. He doesn't want us just to remember him. He wants us in a relationship reconciled to him, to his father. And if we reject that, if we don't accept it as we should, if there are things that we're leaving undone, we will answer for it because Jesus will return in judgment at the proper time. We need to be ready for that day. We need to live for Christ. We need to, as we think about all the people who are thinking about Christ today because it's his birthday, they're singing happy birthday to him or whatever. Those folks need Jesus and need to understand who he is and what he can do to change their lives and fill them with hope and to make them better and to make them into the image of Christ. So we have to be the ones to share that message. The testimony that was given at the cross will only continue to be given if we 
go out and share that word. So let us be changed. Let us live for Christ. Let us reach out to the lost. Um, and I just encourage you today, if there's anything that you need to do better for Christ, start living it. Live for Christ. He loves you so. So live for him. And if anybody needs uh, uh, any prayers, uh, if anybody needs to respond to, to the invitation that, that Christ constantly gives to come to him, be immersed into him, you contact me um, as soon as we're done with this call or even before we're done. And let me know. I encourage you to live for Christ or come to Christ if you need to. Um, And we'll leave you with that word of encouragement as we sing uh, this song.